0: Testing, testing. One, two, three. Chardcast, an audio portrait of an amazing town. Listen to the people of Chard. Talk about this special place, the one and only Chard. Like and subscribe to never miss a fantastic episode of Chardcast. <laughs> Chardcast. Oh, that was a really good episode. I really like doing that. The I like joining that's so in. I very close. got in the Chard Museum. That was so Hello, I'm Mary and I'm a resident of Chard. My town has a huge and varied heritage. Listen to this Chardcast compilation to hear local volunteers and youngsters give you a flavour of their experiences of this amazing place. Get a glimpse of the lace industry in the mid-1800s. Discover the inventions of Victorian chard, including prosthetics, powered flight and pioneering x-rays. Explore the reservoir, Chard's natural gem, You can listen to full-length episodes of Chardcast by visiting www.chardmuseum.co.uk.
1: The photograph I've chosen, it's an aerial picture of Chard taken in the mid-1920s. In my mind's eye, I see a biplane from World War I vintage circling Chard, taking these images. I can even see somebody in Holly Terrace, who's obviously interested in a photograph, been taken by an aeroplane looking up at that plane. And I don't know what the camera was, but they're certainly a very high quality. Mm. You know, and the definition that you've got on the print, you can certainly pick out all the uh, various buildings. I think we also forget now in this modern digital age that these were all taken with film, whereas today we just snap away with selfies and produce. Hundreds of images in those days you got 12 pictures on a roll or you've got 20 pictures or possibly even 36 pictures on a roll
2: When we have the the parties of the from the local schools we try and let, Get them to know what it was like to be at school and part of that is looking at the photos We have on the wall and see what they can learn from the photos about the children's lives around the turn of the century one of the things we'd point out is that the little boys are most probably wearing um, paper collars, because the washing would only be done once a week, so the collars would get very dirty. Um, the little girls wearing white pinafores, because that to keep their dresses underneath clean, because they wouldn't be washed only once a week. But there're also what you can't see, and it's glasses, spectacles, because none of them would have been able to afford them. Um, at the turn of the century, if they've been too
3: expensive. Things about the famous five is that we have to remember who they are. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> um, got Stringfellow. Got Stringfellow Gillingham. Gillingham, who was the the prosthetics. prosthetics that's two. Into business from very early Bonfield, on in the Victorian times. Margaret time. Bonfield, Margaret Mar- Bonfield first Margaret Bonfield, cabinet minister, first female cabinet minister. Yes.
1: Arthur Hall, the uh, diarist. diarist. Yes, a diarist. Um, The The basic start of the museum, yes.
3: Yeah. And James Gifford. And James Gifford.
1: Uh, He was part of Gifford and Fox, the lace mills. And uh, he had a little sideline going in x-rays and um, optics.
0: Sitting down watching the carnival, my sister jumped up doing silly dances and funny faces. And also, before we went onto the main road, my mum kept running (laughs) and chasing me to film me.
3: And once you get the bug, you never lose it.
0: It was really fun performing it because you had, like, friends to help. You had to get it right. It doesn't matter if you get it wrong, you just have to try again. And what was your favourite thing about the carnival? Doing my favourite thing, stretching before we went on the roads. We do it so people can be happy all the time and people can have fun. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime
3: thing. My first carnival memory is about 1953 when they lined up in Victoria Avenue in Chard and they were just small little floats and... To light them up, because there were no generators or anything, they uh, paid teenage boys about an old shilling and they had um, something on the top that they lit and they went round the town lighting the floats with actually a torch that was lit. How things have changed. (laughs) One question I have is, why do we
0: do carnival? Even though it's a lot of hard work, It's fun getting together and making cool dances up together so we can show lots of people. When you're in a carnival, it could make, like, 3,000 families happy all together. I personally think that we tried our best. We didn't get the first place trophy, but all we care about is that we took part in it and we were kind to each other. Our dads... um... I personally thought that it was so good that if I was watching it, my head would explode.
4: I think for me it's childhood memories. Like, it would be the first time that I'd get my mittens out and stand in the street. It would be a guaranteed, like, chippy night. you go to the chippy and get some chips. My nan would always rock up with a little bag of coppers for me to put in the tins. Yes, yeah, those childhood memories that you just... You just never forget and always stay with you. And I don't know whether it was as glorious as I think it was, but I do really think it was glorious and I look forward to that night every year.
2: One-string fellow, overshadowed by the Wright Brothers. Have you heard of the Wright Brothers?
0: Yeah. Yes. 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 yes.
2: Everybody's heard of the Wright Brothers, haven't they? He was interested in flight. How might he have tried to understand how to make a flying machine? What might he have been inspired by?
0: Paper aeroplanes?
2: Paper aeroplanes?
0: Yeah. Birds?
2: Yes. He wanted to understand how birds could fly. When I first mentioned John Stringfellow, some of you mentioned another inventor, famous for something else. What was that?
0: Wright Brothers.
2: Not the Wright Brothers.
0: Prosthetic limbs.
2: Prosthetic limbs. Do you know the name of the person that we're about to talk about? He was
0: James Gilliam?
2: James Gillingham, well done. That is exactly the name we were after. He was a kind of Victorian inventor. Uh, and pioneered the modern artificial limb. Do you know what the family business was, the Gillingham family business?
0: Mm, I think it was... I, I, want, to say, makers. Sh- I want to say shoemaking.
2: You're absolutely right, yes. It's a family of shoemakers. Does anybody know anything about James Gifford? Did he
0: make x-rays?
2: He produced one of the first x-ray photographs... He also developed new optics for telescopes and periscopes. If you were a child inventor, what would you invent?
0: A thing can, like, travel faster than light. (gasps) Travelling faster than light? Like a rocket
2: building a vehicle that can travel faster than the speed of light we're all thinking that's never going to happen i suppose stringfellow had the saying when he was talking about a vehicle that would fly in the sky if you could go faster than the speed of light you that you would be time traveling would you would you would you be able to time travel yeah
0: yes. you'd be going faster than time maybe one of us can maybe invent time traveling
2: With Jack at the reservoir. Hello Jack. Hello, how are you doing? So Jack, tell me why is Chard Reservoir such an important place for you? Uh, so it's it's really important to me, of course it's an outdoor
5: space where people can visit, they can have a walk around and just enjoy, enjoy the views which are so important nowadays to have a break in nature. I'm a fisherman myself, so my my favourite place is obviously going through the woodland where where you're allowed to fish. (laughs) I love fishing. My my dad got me into it when I was at a young age. He
2: brought me down here to Char Reservoir, um, and that's where I I got hooked. Have you got any photographs on your mantelpiece of you holding an enormous fish? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was about five foot long. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
5: We have a bird hide here, and we... Set out some bird perches so photographers and bird watchers can see the birds more closely, and one of my favorite memories is actually taking a picture of a kingfisher landing on one of the perches. Oh wow, uh, that stayed with me for, for this whole time.
2: Hello Tony. Hi. Hello. Um, can you tell me why is Chard Reservoir an important place for you? Basically
1: here uh, sorry I'm volunteer here and it's part of my weekly uh, recreation and uh, a chance to think about things so it's uh, mental therapy as well as exercise and i enjoy the company of my fellow volunteers in it, and you see it through the
2: seasons as well particularly the nice warm sunny sun summer days <laughs> <laughs> so dave you're a volunteer here tell me why is charred reservoir a special place for you I think it's a fairly special place
1: anyway, just because of its sort of natural surroundings, the water, the trees, um, the fact it's sort of fairly isolated, it's a sort of secret place
2: almost. I'm with another volunteer. Who am I with today? I'm John Middleton. Hello John. Um, tell me John, why is the Reservoir an important place for you?
1: Such a peaceful place to be. You can walk on your own and probably sometimes never see anybody and other times, you're seeing people every 10 feet or so, and it's just nice to be able to have a conversation with people about the nature that we have down here at the Reservoir.
0: Hi, I'm, I'm Hannah. Um, I'm the lead ranger here at Chard Reservoir. All around us we have beautiful evergreen holly, and there's some actually gorgeous beech trees around as well. They just look so majestic in the sunlight. It's, particularly right now, the sunlight is just bouncing off of us. And just the way the leaves are glinting is just makes the place feel a little bit magical in my eyes.
3: Can you just
2: tell me what oral history is?
3: So it's the collecting and then the preserving and then interpreting, really, the, the voices and stories and memories of people. It is really the oldest form of communication because you can imagine people shared stories and events and tribal histories round the fire, so it predates the written word. At the museum, we have James Gillingham as one of our famous five and his company making prosthetics until the 1960s. And we've just recently interviewed somebody who was had an apprenticeship there, in the nineteen forties. So after James Gillingham, but still in the family firm with his grandson, and talked about oh, he was a bit of a tartar kind of person, you know. So and and that that's really helpful and gives you a much more rounded view of the history and a fuller picture of the history.
2: Let's have a listen. Yeah
3: oh yeah so did you see jeff gillingham at all or oh yes and out yes all he was
5: in and out yes
3: mm. yes what was he like
5: he was a bit of a disciplining guy everything had to be so yeah and uh i was there a few months and then suddenly it, i don't know i think it was two half crowns appeared on the on the ledge of the uh, workroom where i did the packing up yeah And they stayed there, and they stayed there, maybe a year or two years, and then suddenly one day he came in. All right, boy, you always should call me boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was yes, sir. No, sir. And uh, he picked up the two half crowns and here are you better have them. (laughs) I'd rather think he left them there just to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. He wasn't a bad old chap, but he did get his uh, moments when. You flow off the handle a
3: bit, you know. Yeah. yeah. What sort of age was he then when you were working there?
5: Well, I would
0: say he was uh, sixty.
4: I am the Reverend Anne, and I am the Vicar of St Mary's in Chard. I've been in Shard for just over four and a half years now and when I first came here I was moving back to Somerset with some ideas of what Somerset would be like and it was really lovely to find out that actually in Shard there is more of a diverse community than I really thought. So we've now got a Ukrainian community a Polish community a Portuguese community but that's not all because I am also a, a regular attender of Manaccourt primary school I go in there to talk to the children and meet them and I was really surprised when Mr Talmage the head there told me how many different languages are spoken in that primary school and I think that's really exciting and really wonderful diverse communities that are flourishing here and really adding um, a sense of togetherness, a sense of joy, a sense of coming together, and a, a variety of life in a small country town. It is okay to make friends with people from different culture, it is okay to, to, you know, welcome them in their home and it's okay to live in Chard with different um, communities, but yet one community. So it's like bringing all the individual color and making a big rainbow. So I would say the Chard now is a picture like a rainbow because we all have added color to like a blank canvas and made it so beautiful and so colorful.
1: Yeah, our ordinary lives are extraordinary and people still do extraordinary things in this community. You know, they battle against the odds, they come together across difference and they make, you know, an amazing community.
3: And we were absolutely staggered to find there were 26 different nationalities in the school. How exciting is that? And I think the town is just going from strength to strength at the moment.
0: I'm Tiggs and I've just met with Howard from the museum. Howard, can you tell us a bit about where we are?
1: Well, I think this is one of the most interesting parts of chard because it takes us back into the 1800s when the lace industry was very prominent in chard. So what we've got here, these would be called two up, two downs. Now that's not because you had two people living upstairs and two people downstairs. It's because the bedrooms were upstairs, so there were two of them. But the interesting thing, can I ask you, somebody, maybe Tiggs, how many brothers and sisters have you got? Um,
4: none.
1: None. OK, so you've got a bedroom all of your own?
4: Yeah.
1: House, just your mum and dad? Dogs, uh,
4: cats? Seven dogs.
1: Seven dogs. That's the family. OK, well, you can imagine, in these two up, two downs, there was probably mum, dad, and up to 12 children. So times were very different. So everybody would get their water from... A hand pump. They'd have to go and collect the water, boil it. Now, thinking, let's say they had ten children, mum and dad, how many baths would they have? How many times would they fill it with hot water? Once. Once, exactly. So all 12 of the family would have to have a bath in the same water. It would be once a week. Any guesses as to what day it would be?
0: Wednesday. No.
1: You're hitting every other day, but the one that it is
4: Monday. Saturday. Oh.
1: So the mill owners would almost demand that all the workers would go to church on a Sunday. So that's why they would have the bath on a Saturday.
0: Was the lace industry a dangerous job?
1: That's a really good question. It had dangers for adults, but the mo- it was the most dangerous for children. You could go to the school in the morning, then in the afternoon, because your family needed money, because you were linked to the lace mill via your house, you would go and work in the lace mill.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Stop. Don't make off? I can get this. Thank you for listening to this week's... ..for this month's episode of Chardcast. Come visit Chard, and even if you don't, you, um, I hope we've motivated you to explore. If you do come to Chard, definitely check out the Chard Museum. You can also check out the Blue Plaque Walk. A big thank you to Howard and his team at the museum. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Chardcast. Make sure to listen to other episodes of Chardcast. I've got more words than you! What well, you didn't. I've got three words! Make chard cast. Chardcast. Three. Word. No, three!
2: Chardcast is a project managed by Chard Museum. On behalf of Culturally Charred. It's funded through South Somerset District Council and Historic England. Chardcasts are all available via the museum at www.chardmuseum.co.uk, or by searching for Chard Museums
3: Podcast on your podcast app.